You are listening to the Bulls Cast with Chris Stonage and Ben Goddard, your independent Hereford FC podcast. Hello and welcome back to Bullscast, your independent Hereford FC podcast brought to you by the Hereford Times. I'm myself, Chris Stonage, and always, as per usual, joined by Mr. Ben Goddard. How are you, mate? Good morning. Yeah, really good after last night. Yes, I think it was still a bit of a, a, a kiddie winning high <laughs> <laughs> after watching that performance. Yeah, fantastic by the balls last night. I didn't, uh, I thought if they'd scrape a 1-0, I'd, I'd be really happy with that. And uh, it set them up nicely, but to completely dominate Kiddy, who were apparently massive in the FA Cup, <laughs> uh, and play them off the pitch was a joy to watch. Yeah, very good. Certainly, and certainly, mate. Um, I did have a feeling we did say in the last edition that it would probably be one of the best times to play Kiddy, and uh, yeah, they've, they've proven proven that uh, feature right. Um, but we're going to start off um, with more new faces, mate, because new faces are a constant theme at this level. Um, three new faces, mate. Um, yeah, now you're gonna have to chat us through them. So we spoke last week, didn't we? And um, we spoke last week about the need for a centre half, and uh, and the fact they might turn up at half two, quarter to three on Saturday. And if by magic a centre half turned up <laughs> at half past two on Saturday afternoon, which is always a joy. And uh, but I didn't imagine him to be a work experience boy. <laughs> no, <laughs> making the cups of tea and then playing centre half. That's uh, yeah, that's a new one for me. It must be um, the way, I'm guessing it's the way around um, loan loan laws at the, at the moment because obviously they you can only have so many players on loan during a calendar season, and obviously play. I think teams or well, Hereford probably had about. I think they've probably had about four or five loans at the moment. Um, like during the course of the season, they probably had four or five. So if they maybe if they won one or two more during the end part of the season, maybe they have to keep that tally down. And having him on work experience for a month is, um, yeah, a different a different uh, term well, for it. I'm guessing. <laughs> but um, yeah, to throw him in, throw him in at Egger Street in front of the. Uh, Gateshead attack the leading scorers in the league, uh, 40 goals this season. Uh, at home, throw him in there as centre half, work experience boy. It's like it's like him coming to the edit there of the times for the week, isn't it? <laughs> there was some sort of uh joke that maybe he'd do a better job than, than me doing a sports editor, maybe <laughs> on work experience, but. Uh, that that is the sort of scenario like that work experience goes straight in and editing the paper. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it'll work. But it seemed to work last night for Hereford against Kidderminster. It's strange, bizarre work experience. Boy plays goes straight in the centre half for the uh, the Gateshead game, and then Kiddy local derby as well, and has two pretty pretty good games. There was not much, if anything, that you can really stand out and say that he was at fault for that. He looked very good. He's, um, you, you might not remember, Chris, but Dara O'Shea um, came on loan from West Brom during the Southern Premier winning season. And um, and Jamie Egan started the same club in Ireland as Dara O'Shea. Um, obviously, Dara went to West Brom and Jamie Egan went to Bristol Rovers. Um, Jamie Egan's obviously a lot younger than Dara. 
Uh, so they wouldn't have played together at any level, I'm guessing, because he's probably about four or five years younger than Dara Roche. But yeah, so he's from he's from Ireland. Uh, obviously, Bristol Rovers saw something good on him when he was playing for this Irish team that Dara Roche was at as well. So it obviously shows their development over there is obviously spot on um, and spotting young talent. Um, and yeah, he's he's done really well, actually. Both both games, joking aside about him being on work experience, it's a bit of a bizarre term to know. He's a loney from Bristol Rovers. But um, yeah, he's done really well. And then just as Campbell made a bit of a cameo last night, I'd, where we'll see a lot of him, God knows, I have no idea. And left back, um, Sam Fitzgerald, another strange one, dual experience from Litchfield City, where we'll see anything of him. I have no idea. I mean... Um, Revan's come and play and played really well in two, in his first two uh, two games for Hereford, both home games as well. And uh, so I can't see Fitzgerald playing very often, if at all. So it just seems a bit of a strange sign-in. But they did need to boost the numbers. And if Revan picked up an injury, I'm guessing he, he might come in. But then they've got Ryan Lloyd that will come back into that position anyway. So, yeah, Sam Fitzgerald seemed the stranger of the three. I mean, also Campbell, I mean, that, the midfield area is pretty packed at the moment. Um, you got Forsyth, Klukowski on the bench last night. Um, Aziar Kuyar came in. So I don't even Justice Campbell will play really either. So them two on dual reg deals, they seem a bit odd. Um, mm. The booster numbers, fair enough. But are they really going to play? Are they really going to be around for long? Who knows? No. I know Harry Pinchard's only two two weeks away. I spoke to him Saturday. So he will be missed this Saturday, I think. And then he will be in. He may, he may cameo at the Gloucester game, depending on how training goes. Um, the same with Jared Hodgkiss. And they uh, they should both should be back for the Chorley away game, hopefully. So there's two coming back for Hereford. And one of them's in midfield. So whether Campbell's going to play much, who knows? I don't, I don't think so. So, so, so Jamie Egan seemed the, the standout of them three and probably the only one we're going to see a lot of unless the other two turn up and, um, and provide something special and earn themselves a, a permanent deal. We'll see. Mm, definitely. Um, and talking of players coming in, we'll talk of players going out. Um, it seems like deja vu, Ben, because we've already discussed earlier Ismail leaving the club, um, but it's, it's, it's happened again. Um, and, you know, what does the future hold for him? I mean, was it a, a decision that he wanted to make or was it a decision the club made? No, it's his, his decision. Um, definitely his decision. Um, he certainly wasn't pushed into it. Um, maybe he was in the, in the fact he wasn't playing regularly, week in, week out. I mean... I don't know where, where Zelly will end up. Um, he's he's got he's a talented lad. There's no doubt about that. He can beat players, and his his final ball is fantastic. Um, but yeah, where where he will end up, I don't know. Um, he's he's gone. He's left to go on a trial elsewhere. Whether that trial will work, and we'll see him in a national league club or league two, I've no idea. But for me. He didn't fight enough for a starting place. He, he don't, never seemed sort of 100% committed to the cause. Um, he kind of waltzed. When he started, he kind of waltzed through games. 
he came when he came on as a sub, he was a really good impact sub. But is a, a player who's played for Wolves and played league football really going to be happy with 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 20 minutes there? Obviously not. Um, but it frees up a sum of money now. Um, he's, he's not done what Hereford expected him to do when he first arrived, that's for sure. I mean, that they kind of hoped they'd be a standout player and they could resurrect his career and he'd be tearing defences all over the place in the National League North. And where well that has happened to some extent, um, probably not to the extent Hereford would have wanted for him. And yeah, he's been on the fringes of the first team, in and out. So yeah, um, not for me, not a big loss. Hereford needs to build for next season. Whereas I don't think Zelly would have been around for long anyway. And so I don't expect him to come back to Edgar Street, that's for sure. Um, I think Josh Cowell and him accepting him back once was a big move for Josh Gowlin. I I don't think he'd accept him back again. So, um, no. so yeah, it'd be interesting where Zelly ends up. Um, but yeah, it just didn't work for him at Hereford. And unfortunately for the lad, it seems to be a recurring theme for Zelly Ishmael when he goes to clubs and not not quite working for him there. So I hope he settles down some uh, club and, and puts in 30 appearances for a club and, and proves what he obviously had as a kid before he picked up his injuries so but yeah so I think there's, I don't think there's any hard feelings there but I think I don't think Josh will have him back again just just for the fact that he's already left once yeah exactly <laughs> he's, he's again if he comes back he might come back for a month better to get someone more permanent that wants, wants to be around the club long term for the next season and a half and really build build something special in, in a squad of players that that want to be there for long term and want to want to do something for the football club, and um, yeah, I think that's what it's about. It's about getting that mix of players like Kidderminster to have that will give everything for the shirt and around for the next eighteen months at least, so they can build towards the project for next season. Mm. Um, you want to see 15, 16, 18 players retained for next season, and then you've got that. You don't have this farcical preseason, and then terrible first 10 games because then players already know how each other work and I think that's what Josh wants I think hopefully the board the the, the budget's there we spoke um, in length about the budget last week so I won't do that again but hopefully the budget's there to match what they've had this season and so they can retain players and maybe add one or two rather than eight or ten um, mm. for next season yeah definitely um, we've covered the signings there uh, we're going to go into the matches. Uh, Gateshead, um, we've we briefly spoken about already. Um, as you mentioned, top scorers in the league. Very, very good side. And what what really happened was, was it tactically wrong or were they just too good, Ben? Uh, Josh Gowland kind of said, um, so you got four of the, the back five were making their home debuts against mm. the team that scored 40 goals and will, will tear teams to shreds. And so Hereford had to shut up shop to some extent. And it was like watching Hereford as an away team. Um, so they, Gator came out really quick out of the blocks and could have been, and you you fit, you did fear for the young bat four, the way Gates had started for the first five minutes. So Hereford just took the sting out of the tail of the game, um, didn't really go for the at- attack too much. But, but Gateshead weren't really posing too much of a threat. And then Miles' story goes through on goal one-on-one. 
should have put hair over the head. And if it, we've seen away teams come, as soon as you get that goal, the whole tempo of the game just shuts down. And good teams can do that. And if Miles Story scores, I, I feel that that may have happened and Gateshead may have struggled to get back into it. Um, however, in the end, I think Gateshead were just too good in that second half. And I thought that they probably had another gear to go into. If Hereford had scored first and Gateshead had equalised, then Miles Story has a header at the back post in the 90th minute. And that could have been the winner. I, I always think Gateshead had a gear to get back into the game. I don't think Hereford would have run away 1-0. I think they'd have had to put in an heroic performance of the young back four to do that. But yeah, it was... I think Hereford did what they could with the confidence, with a really fragile defence. They did what they could against Gateshead. Um, maybe in hindsight, they... Well, in hindsight, Story scores both his chances. And it's 2-2. And what a fantastic point against a title favourites at home with a new back four. I mean, that they're fine margins. And those are the margins we've spoke about already this season. Um, the one-on-one chance and the header of the back post. Scores both of them. Never forget a point. That's that's the end of it, really. Um, despite how good Gateshead were, if both of them chances scored, I, I fully believe Hereford would have got something from the game. Yeah. And that that led into a game against High Flying Kidderminster with four games without a win. And uh, as you mentioned, you know they, they are massive. To be fair, as the, as they like to say, um, but that Hereford just just turned up and 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 outplayed them then and dominated. Them. Yeah, yeah. I think um, like you, you suggested last week um, you know, that when teams have, I think they've got seven games to fit in before their next FA Cup game, Kidderminster. They are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday until March. So when you've got so many games crammed into such a short space, players do lose lose their form, and it is tiring mentally and physically tiring because you're not really preparing for the next game. They'd have played Saturday, playing for Saturday, and they'd have had Monday to prepare for. So 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 did Hereford. They had the gate said Saturday and then that game Tuesday, but you just feel the way Hereford are, they're a bit fresher because they obviously haven't had that busy mental stress of the FA Cup that Kidderminster have had and all that, all the PR and everything that goes with it. And um, Hereford had a break, really, over Christmas. So um, I know they were phys- been locked or locked inside, but it was a, a physical break. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, full credit to Hereford. And full credit to Josh Gowden, because he swatched, swapped tactics considerably from the Gateshead game. Um, took my old story out and, and rather than playing one up top played a sort of a front three with Gordon Owen Evans and McLean and Kidderminster really couldn't cope with them they, they did struggle and Maziar Kuyar coming in midfield um, Kuyar Ryan Lloyd and James Vincent in midfield really dominated the game and that's probably where the game was won because um, them three just denied Kidderminster any sort of playing. I think Kidderminster had a spell on about 70th minute when Hereford went 2-0 up and you kind of thought if they score now there's, they probably may get back in the game but after weathering that spell and just kind of playing delaying tactics and just yeah, Brandon Hall did well. He was under severe pressure again and came and collected things and 
it was just an all re- really good team performance and really good to watch Agri Street as well, where crowds have been dwindling a little bit and a bit of beliefs going. So hopefully they can um, get Hereford get a result on Saturday at Farsley, and then we'll have a bumper crowd for Gloucester. And uh, what what get what a good game that would be to if Hereford can come at them really well with Christian Pierce and also Jared Hodges back. Um, and Hereford pretty much at full strength then. Um, Pinchard yeah. as well, back as well. So, yeah, um, ex- you, a lot more optimistic this week than we are last week, aren't we? And, oh, 100%. Uh, defeat and a win. I mean, we, we did say uh, three points out of the two games would be a, would be a good result. And um, that's what Hereford have got. But yeah, a lot more optimistic about the fortunes of the season now than we were last week, probably. Yeah, I mean, we can hear from uh, one of the names you mentioned, Tom Owen Evans now. So, Ben, um, Farsley Celtic, I seem to remember um, that was the first game of the season and it was a defeat, I believe. I, I, I think I'm right because I remember everything was building up to Farsley with the underdogs um, and they lost, if I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hanging out on a limb here yeah you're waiting for me to go yeah yeah they did lose and I'm yeah like, man <laughs> there's fountain of knowledge here they did like what ever lost 1-0 on the opening day against Barsley yeah there you go see that um, remember, uh, it was and, uh, I'm trying to, and now I'm trying to think back to actually what happened and how the game went <laughs> my mind's gone completely blank <laughs> we'll leave the message <laughs> a lot um, of since then all uh, just seemed like an absolute age ago but it was an it age was, ago yeah. Um, so yeah I'm going to just talk about what I know about Farsley <laughs> Go yeah, on. It's, it's a small pitch and um, and they're a direct team I think they've had a lot of changes um, a lot of players have left and arrived at Farsley so it'll be a different team to what we saw at Edgar Street in August and Hereford are very different to, to what they were in August as well um, so yeah I'd completely disregard that result to be honest because um, in building up to the game because both teams are completely chalk and cheese to what they were um, if Hereford have got aspirations of playoffs and playoff challenges this season then they need to go to Farsley and get a, a result um, a point would be okay that would be reasonable. I think most fans would be satisfied with a point. But if you really want to be challenging, you've got to get three points at Farsley on Saturday. Um, it's doable. I think it's just, it's a small, narrow pitch and they're going to pile balls on top of the young defence. I'm sure that won't mind Ben Pollock too much because he likes heading things. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as we saw last night when he got body checked and just ran into... <laughs> ran into a kiddie player um, so yeah he, he won't bother him um, and Jamie Egan as well so um, who does look good in the air and they dealt with um, aerial threats and set pieces last night against Kidderminster really well so yeah it'd be interesting to see how Hereford set up um, whether they go full on attack which I think I think they'll probably sit probably similar to yesterday against um Kiddy, maybe Story might come back in. It might mm-hmm. be um, maybe instead of McLean, just just for physicality, um, and and depending on how physical for um, Farsley are, 
Uh, maybe for Saif might come in as well. Um, for Kuyar, um, as more of a physical presence in midfield. But it depends. Um, Josh Cowan will have more on Farsley and know exactly how they'll set up, I'm sure, and, and the threats they pose. So, yeah, I think a, a point would be reasonable. Three points kind of, three points would show the intent for the next 10, 10 15 games of, of where Hereford want to be. Um, I think a, a good win at Farsley would would really boost spirits um, higher and going into that Gloucester game flying if they uh, they win against Farsley. Yeah, definitely. Um, and hopefully they can turn over that result, as you mentioned. Um, we, we'll uh, we'll also talk about now the Fantasy League because uh, because I, I made a bit of an error, Ben. You didn't put Mo Salah in. I didn't, no. I, I meant to do a wild card and I transferred all these players out, right? And I forgot to click wildcard. <laughs> so I got about minus 40 points. Oh, did my, you? Because yeah. having new players? Yeah, no, for, for changing them all. You get, you get, you get dot points. Oh, do you? I, uh, I, I changed them all. So I'm down to 20, 21st, mate. It's not, it's not good news for me. Um, <laughs> not good news at all. But uh, luckily, uh, you're still in 61st, Ben. So there Great, is still scope. Point last week is that is that decent i don't know is it um the average was 35 so you're just below just below that's average good. so that's fine i, I did uh, i did spend time looking at it i did time is what five minutes or 15 or jota's still my captain so i don't know why jota's <laughs> <the> captain. <laughs> and also, i've got a forward line of benteke and adams so yeah oh, maybe, maybe less than um Maybe less than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, I also left Alexander Arnold on the bench, which was a really stupid move. Um, uh, and but to be fair, I still want Harry Kane to play because I, I picked Harry Kane because um, I think he's coming back into form now. You know, he's going to score a few goals. But yeah, mate, that's the the fantasy league uh, for the week. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Bulls Cast. Uh, we're up to twenty five now, quarter of a century. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, we will catch you into the next one uh, next week. Uh, well, hopefully Hereford is surging up the table. Uh, from myself and Ben, we'll see you later.